Hello, this is Lee here to present a special release for our podcast main feed. We really enjoyed our interview with Moose Chick for this week's episode, so we decided to release the interview as a standalone entry in the feed. This is the exact same content from this Monday's episode, only presented here as a standalone interview for anyone interested in listening back. Thanks and enjoy. All right, Lee, I feel like we have to we have to talk about something. What is it, Charles? The thing is is that we don't get all of the facts just by ourselves. That's true. We definitely use a wide <laughs> compendium of sources. We source from all over the internet. But one of the number one sources that we always return to every single episode is moosechick.com. Moosechick.com, definitely. I mean, especially uh, earlier on in the podcast when, Charles, we were watching on the DVDs, a big thing for me was I was trying to explain to you that the original music had maybe been changed in some of those, uh, some of those earlier DVDs or all the DVDs, and I didn't know what was what. So I was constantly referencing on moosechick.com. Uh, she's got tons of references there, tons of like for each episode trivia information, and then there's a section on the original music for each episode, so you know what uh, songs may have played. Uh, thankfully, now we have like those Blu-rays, which I believe are kind of true to broadcast, but I always like to kind of check and see what what's there. But yes, Moose Chick somehow amazingly, uh, thankfully, is joining us today. We're very honored to have Moose Chick on the podcast with us. Uh, I guess we we just met her a second ago on this Zoom call, and <laughs> uh, we know her as Geraldine now. Are you there with us, Geraldine? I am here. Thank you so much for talking with us. And also just thank you a million times for your website. As we said, like we use this all the time. And I, even when we're not recording on the podcast, and even if I'm not watching Northern Exposure, if I'm thinking about it, I might hop on the site. Because there's a lot of stuff also on the sidebar that's like, I went down a, uh, a deep hole once, like looking at all the scripts <laughs> that you have. And uh, right. there's, yeah, there's so many things on there. Um which I, I definitely want to get into, but maybe we could just start with, um, you know, talk about yourself and your history with Northern Exposure. Where did it start? Um, well, gosh, okay. I first um, caught it, obviously, in the early 90s. Um, I actually, ironically, was in Alaska. Whoa. I was visiting um, people in Anchorage, and uh, we were trying to figure out something to watch on the TV, and they were going by, and I saw the show. And I said, Oh, wait, wait, I heard about the show. And I like kind of wrestled the remote away from everyone. <laughs> and it was um, Aurora Borealis. Wow. So it was actually the eighth episode of the first season. Wow. And I was like, this is amazing. And so I um, caught the others um, uh, reruns. And then of course, by the time the second season came around, um, first two seasons were summer mm. only. Interesting. Yeah. Um. So Caught all of those by rerun, and then and then it moved to uh, a normal season where it started in the fall, um, season three. And I had my VCR set. Um, I was in college, so Monday nights at nine p.m. here in the um, the Colorado, the Denver area, mm -hmm. um, it was like, nope, I don't care what kind of deadline I have. <laughs> I am watching the show and yes. um and and I watched it live in but I did tape everything which was the funniest thing. And I do actually still have those um 
videotapes. I can't remember what they're called. You know, yeah. the old things. <laughs> the old square plastic. Even though I still say I'm going to video something. Yeah. You know, and, and and my daughter looks at me like, I don't know what you're talking about, mom. So. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so cool. Alaska, in Alaska, watching Northern Exposure for the first time. And one of the greatest episodes. I love Aurora Borealis. And uh, yes, that's that's so cool. Yeah. So that was my first one that I saw. And I was just like, oh, wait, this is this is crazy. This is insane. And well, and besides, you know, actually having a taste of Alaska. Mm -hmm. I um, so I, when I was up there in the summer, I didn't obviously see um, the Aurora because the sun is up quite a bit of the time it mm. just dips down a little bit um and i happen to be there in june around the solstice mm -hmm. um but i um after that i had gone back in um december to see the aurora also oh, wow. um and then was managed to keep it it was like cloudy 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 and oh suddenly cleared we weren't even paying attention but <laughs> So from the TV screen down to your own eyeballs right there. <laughs> right. I, I yep. really have to ask this. Um, so when you were watching this in college and you said you were watching it live, you're mm -hmm. definitely dedicated to the show. <laughs> were there anyone else on campus that was also saying like, oh man, Northern Exposure, it's time for Northern Exposure. Or were you the only person on campus? Well, okay, so the, the funny show? thing is, oh, so when I first watched it, um, I did have friends who watched it with me mm -hmm. and, um, and, and they were probably not as dedicated. Like they nowadays um and i've kind of lost track of some of them but they'd be like you know they're not going to roslyn every year which is mm -hmm. um sisley's real life stand-in mm -hmm. um it, and they're you know they're they're like oh yeah yeah i remember that show it was pretty good but they're not as focused as um mm -hmm. as i am but i had a professor so i was a journalism student and i had a um, professor and it was um it was a class on media and like entertainment and he was obsessed so I was like, well, I have an easy A in this class because everything <laughs> I'm going to write about is no exposure. And I did write a paper and I have that somewhere. That's awesome. That is, that <laughs> but is it was it was like a, a like the end of semester paper on this on on Northern Exposure, and I was probably like you know fifty pages or maybe not that. <laughs> hey, if you if you have yeah. that, please send that over. I would love yeah. to read that. I think that's yeah. fascinating. <laughs> yes and no. I'm like, well, okay, so it might have been good. I got it, <laughs> but I don't remember exactly what it is. I'm sure I have. I have so much stuff. I just yeah, I don't know where it is, but it's 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 around here somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, and we can definitely tell that you love Northern Exposure because that led to you creating the website www.moosechick.com. And that sounds like a very old way of uh, spelling out your website, <laughs> but I want to keep it that way because I want right? to tell viewers, I want to I paint a picture with my words. When you click on this website, it's like a time capsule back to 2001. There is a graphic of a moose that's just walking, it's just looping perpetually mm -hmm. at the upper left corner. You have a customized wallpaper of like crinkled paper that was going mm -hmm. with the aesthetic mm -hmm. of the time. And then you have these little bars that you can click on, the links mm -hmm. at the side that are not like scroll down or anything like that. They're just placed right there. And that's exactly how I remembered the internet back when I was in like <laughs> middle school. Yeah, middle school, middle school, elementary school around that time. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, yeah, it is old school. I mean, when I started it, um, so I actually, I started it, I had gotten laid off um, from a job. Um, but then the same company came back and said, Oh, we, we'd love for you to temp for us because we still have a ton of work. We just can't afford mm. for you to be a full time, which was fine. Okay. Because uh, sidebar, 
this is year 20, 21 years later, I'm <laughs> still freelancing in the same thing. Mm. So it worked out. It was a good thing. But in my, I suddenly had all this free time and I thought, oh, I'm going to make a little website. I'm going to make an, an episode guide. So it started out as just like a small guide and just kept building. But it was old school HTML. Yeah. Um, I eventually got uh, started using Dreamweaver, which I still kind of use today to go in and make edits because it takes less time and there's less um, HTML code for me to try <laughs> to remember in my head. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, no, I, and I was like, I'm, and I have so many updates. It's funny that it's been 20 years because I have so many more articles. I have so many other updates. I have photos from the set, so many more things to add. I oh, just, wow. um, yeah. I need an assistant. That's true. Yeah, it's, it's already, it's grown into something like so big already. Yeah. Yes. Yes. One thing I noticed on the website that I was just starting to get into now, something I hadn't noticed, like, I guess I haven't dove into was uh, the fan gatherings tab. And I just wanted mm -hmm. to bring it up because I'm kind of living vicariously. I've, I've, we've, Charles and I have never been to Moose Fest mm -hmm. and I know today it's maybe kind of scaled down. I think the past few years they've had sort of like, uh, you know, unofficial Moose Fests. But mm -hmm. I was wondering if uh, you could tell us a little bit about, because it's, it's Moose Fest and then there's Moose Days I see in Sicily Fest. What was it like at that sort of heyday of the fan culture for for Northern Exposure back in the early 2000s, it looks like, late 90s? Uh, late 90s. Um, so in the 90s, I was on a lot of... Um, I guess you'd call them chat rooms. It was like mm -hmm. AOL chat. Yeah. And um, there was something called the IRC. And I can't remember what that stands oh. for, but it was like old. I mean, like I can't even describe it anymore. It was so yeah. old school, but it was just, you know, just, you just chatted online with people. We had a Friday night brick thing that That's we met awesome. Friday evenings. And, um, but through these, I discovered that there was going to be a, um, a fan festival in Roslyn, um, the summer of 1997. And I, I was like, oh, I've got to go. And I remember mm -hmm. telling my friends, oh, yeah, no, I know these people. I've met them online. <laughs> now, this is in 97. Yeah. And then they were like, um, okay. <laughs> Are you sure you're going to? No, I know these people. And, and, and I did. I, you know, I met mm -hmm. all these, put all these, uh, you know, faces to names that I had been chatting with for couple of years at that point mm -hmm. and most of those people i am still friends with today and so that's now uh, i can't do the math but it's a long time <laughs> so, we don't need to do so that anyway so i go to roslyn and it was a huge fest um there was uh so there were some people that were there from the show um iris dement was there mm. and did a concert barry corbin of course who played maurice he was there and he did a, a one-man uh, theater show for us that um, oh, I saw that, that he was doing at she the time. Posted. It was a, um, oh my gosh, it was about a cowboy. Here, I actually was just while. reading that. <laughs> yes. Uh, Charlie Goodnight's Last Night. It was a one-man yes, play you said. Yes, He's so made. He's been uh, several times. So anyway, so that kicked it off. And then I, I um, continued to go back every summer. It changed who was running it for a couple of years. And that's why it was uh, Moose Fest. Then it became Moose Days. And then it was uh, Sicily Fest. Um, and then in um, 99, uh, a group of fans formed a nonprofit that was called Friends of Roslyn. And they took over um, running the Moose Fest. And mm -hmm. so, and then I, I became involved with the... Um, 
the steering committee, the mm. the people who ran that. Nice. Um, and we did that for, yeah, so for many years. So our last big one was mm-hmm. 2018. The problem now is what has happened. Of course, we uh, we we started doing it where we're doing it every like two to three years, um, just to give people a chance to you know, save up for it. Because right. 2015 and 2018, we had people from all over the world. Wow! It was it was crazy. It was awesome. <laughs> it was like yeah. you know people from Germany and Finland and Ireland and Australia and Israel and I mean I I you know met all these people and it was it was fantastic. Um, but we also maxed out. Um, how many people we could fit in the space that we did. <laughs> but Roslyn has had its own um, growing pains uh, mm-hmm. per se. Um, you know, Maurice's big resort outside of town has sort of made it a little bit more she-she. It's, it's a lovely, it's a great, <laughs> great place. Yeah. But it's been harder and harder for us to pull off a Moose Fest. And so now Moose Fest is just that um, the fan uh, meetup, the what we call the um, informal informal um, gathering yeah informal fest uh we just it got to a point where we just can't pull off bringing that many people into town right um during the summer and and because it is such a popular tourist spot um and and it is it is a great place so i would recommend everyone go i mean i have maps which i do need to update um modernize a little (laughs) bit of to see things in town. And and then I'm, you know, I'm there in July. I'm I'm usually there in September too. I go at least twice a year now. Nice. And um meet different groups of fans. And so if we have newbies, we'll take you around. We'll go, oh, yeah, this is the this is the new event. So it was a great, it was a had a really long standing. We used to um earn money uh during auctions and, and other things from the fest and we give that back to the town. So we uh, you know, get to the library. There's an animal shelter there. There's the museum, which is fascinating. Because, I mean, Roslyn itself mm-hmm. is an old coal mining town. Right. So, wow. I mean, it, it has a you know, huge history before even Northern Exposure came along in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's it's just, it's an amazing, amazing place to be. Seems like a very beautiful place. And yeah, Charles, Charles and I, that's like our dream. One day, I think we just got it. We have to do this, Charles, at some point. Like, for, <laughs> like We got to record an episode over there. Yeah. I think it's really surprising to hear that it's only increased in fandom. I thought the end of your sentence was going to be, and then we stopped having people show up and, and you know, it's inevitably declining. But you're saying yeah. that there's people from all around the world. It's taking, yep. it's taking on an international flavor right here. I think that is so fascinating. But when you were living through Northern Exposure and you got through all the seasons, you were watching it during college (laughs) and post-college, could you feel the show getting out of the water cooler talk and being replaced with other shows? Or do you feel that like it still generally stayed around the hemisphere? Um, so, I mean, it was real, it was, you know, really popular when it was on and, and, you got to remember too, back in that time, we had networks, we had a few, we had cable, mm-hmm. but there, nothing like what we have today, we have too many shows on. Mm-hmm. And and you, it's hard to find a fandom because it's like, there's 50 million streaming sites as well as network and cable. And, and you're like, oh, there's this new show. So, um, you know, a lot of people did watch Northern Exposure when it was on. And even to this day, like I have a license plate holder that says something about um, Sicily, Alaska. And people go, oh, I remember that show. Mm-hmm. Or, or I'll bring it up in conversation. I try not to do that too often because, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, well, this show. But I'll bring it up and go, oh, yeah, I remember that show. 
so it was it was an enigma because it was popular it was different and i don't know really if anything specifically replaced it right i mean there have been other good shows that are similar there have been other shows that are similar that are not so good mm-hmm. um you know <laughs> but it's yeah it's it was it's an, an enigma for sure <laughs> so it's taking on its own distinct flavor right there and i'm assuming that that's one of your favorite qualities about northern exposure it's just that it's really just itself like you really can't use another show or a word to describe northern exposure mm-hmm. what i'm trying to say here is that like is that's what's drawing you to Northern Exposure itself throughout all of these years? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, sometimes you look at stuff and you thought, oh, maybe that didn't age well. I mean, especially I started showing my daughter, who is um, <laughs> almost 15, uh, 80s movies mm-hmm. and thought, and like, she'll turn to me and she'll go, Mom, that is totally racist. Or, <laughs> or that is, you know, and I was like, yes, it, yes, it is. Yes. Uh, this did not age well. Okay, let's go on to the next uh, yeah. movie. But Northern Exposure, um, it, it did, everything stuck really well. Although, mm-hmm. you know, I sometimes I look at it, uh, you know, with other eyes. Like, for example, the Hauling Shelley mm-hmm. <laughs> um, age range. Right. And you start thinking about it, you're like, yeah, but it was never creepy. And it still isn't creepy, even though, it, you know, in another context, it might be really creepy. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's... um. I don't know. I think it, I think it held on. Um, there's yeah. a lot of stuff that I still see today and I'm like, you know, I'll see it an episode and I'll like, yeah, yeah, no, that's still, it still sticks with me. Everything. It was great. Everything has aged well. Yeah. That's the Holling and Shelley seems to be what most of the, our guests on the podcast who are, who have, who are watching for the first time are like, <laughs> wait, I thought this was his daughter, but, right. um, but I'll <laughs> piggyback on what you're saying. Uh, something that, I'm always really impressed with about Northern Exposure is some of its progressive attitudes and, um, you know, it's hard to sort of imagine this, but I do feel like, I mean, Charles and I, we were kids in the 90s, but I do feel <laughs> like uh, the show at the time was kind of ahead of its time in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I think we have like some with like the bubble man in season four, Mike Monroe is kind of an environmental thing. We were just kind of talking about that in season four. That was kind of an yeah. early representation of that, that sort of attitude. Um, lots of things in Northern Exposure. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a popular YouTube clip that I, I kept getting recommended to me and I had like a couple hundred thousands of views, but I think I want to say the, the title of it is, Chris from Northern Exposure invents yeah. the iPhone. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of things like that. It's like predictive in a way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have seen that one. And it's and I was actually just going to mention that. I'm like, you know. Yeah. It, it, so, yeah, the writing was really, really good. Um, and even though it was a ton of different writers, um, mm-hmm. there was sort of a core group, but then there were a lot of other ones. It just, it really, they they really did a good job with it. Yeah. Kept it um well up to this point. Let's let's say that. <laughs> up to where where yeah. our episode today. <laughs> All right. <So. laughs> I wanna let's get let's get into that. So we're here talking today about the third episode in season six, So Far So Good. And part of the reason why we asked you to come on to this episode. I mean, we definitely wanted to get you on here in season six, but uh this is one of Moose Chick's top five 
favorite episodes. And um, I also was curious too, because I, I think uh, when I was emailing you, Geraldine, I was asking, has your top five list changed recently or does it change over time? Uh, you know, uh, tell us about this, your, your, your favorite episodes and, and why maybe this is one of them. Um, well, they actually, they've stayed the same and I could never narrow mm. it down to one. So that's why I have a right. top five. <laughs> um, what is the top one in the five might rotate um, mm -hmm. during different times? Uh, I mentioned earlier, I do have a, a child. I have a daughter who is um, 14 and a half. Um, so one of my favorite episodes uh, was when Shelly give, gives birth oh, yes. and she meets her daughter at three times. That was my favorite episode, you know, when it aired. Mm -hmm. But when I um, was pregnant with my daughter, that kind of moved up because I thought, well, you know, I can I can relate to all this. And, and uh, <laughs> so um, yeah. but I had it's weird because I haven't changed even though I have watched the episodes many, many, many times. I mm -hmm. have not changed what's the top five. I still they st yeah. I still stick to them. I still I still really like them. And even though season six is, um, you know, have you heard maybe from the fan base is not our favorite um the beginning of it was okay the, and yeah. and i have two two episodes right. in season six you've yeah. got so far so good and the uh premiere episode which mm -hmm. uh you probably if you're listening to this podcast now you you may have already heard charles and i talk about it but we were nervous this whole time getting ready for season six <laughs> and really Floored, like I don't know. I I was a big fan of the first episode. It's a pretty interesting one. Yes, but uh, but so far so good. Um, you know, do you are you a fan of a Christmas Carol or like what what sort of things do you like in this episode? Well, so the funny thing is, is yeah, I I really liked. Um, it was it was really so between dinner at seven thirty, which was the the first episode of season six, and this yeah. one is really Joel. Like he grows immensely. I mean, he, you know, mm -hmm. he, he's been growing over time, but now you really know that he's just like, he's, he's getting it. Um, you know, so far so good. It's kind of showing him the error of his ways. He still has those, those rough edges um, that where he's not fully Sicilian, but you know, he goes through that. And I always mm -hmm. loved how all of the episodes, how there's, there's, um, you know, a couple different storylines and how they're sort of seamed together. Um, this one, you know, is the story of, well, it's Yom Kippur, but it's on a sort of a Christmas carol basis, right. the past, present, future. But then also, uh, you know, Halling is also coming to terms with um, how his daughter's turned out, um, you know, his yeah. daughter, Valerie, and, and she's just kind of a not so great person and, mm -hmm. and how, you know, he came to that. And then, you know, the story of the scapegoat. And yeah. then Ed jumps in and like and offers to be hauling scapegoat and at the same time be something for the dogs because there's that third storyline mm -hmm. where uh, Ruth Ann's trying to have the um or no not Ruth Ann the uh, Maurice and um oh I just forgot the woman the the English lady right lady are trying something. to have the yes lady lady Ann Reynolds. Oh, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> I to, yes. I was actually, and, I checked uh, your website to see. I know, I just checked my own website. I just, <laughs> I just well, have it on the other page. Yeah. But yeah, so they want to have uh, the the dog um, hunt um, and the fox hunt. And mm -hmm. um, they were like, no, no, we, we you know, the, save the foxes. And Ruth Ann steps in and it's like, nope, you're not going to do this. And, and then Ed, you know, fulfills that role of fox and 
um, scapegoat for hauling to, and it just, the whole thing kind of around this, I am not Jewish, mm-hmm. but I've always had kind of, and actually because of normal exposure, I've kind of had more of an interest in, in some yeah. of the things um, that are taught through it. And so, yeah, everything I've learned about um, Judaism, I've learned on normal exposure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not, but yeah. Yeah. I, well, I was telling Charles, I so I was raised Jewish, and uh, yeah, I think I was. We were talking about this earlier, Charles. I'm just really excited that there is some uh, Yom Kippur representation in this episode because I can't think. I mean, I'm sure there's probably something that exists, but nothing comes to mind for me of like what is another episode of television about Yom Kippur. I mean, there's probably right? uh, very yeah. few, you know. <laughs> yes, is, exactly. <laughs> this is quite central right. to to this episode in Joel's storyline and as you said sort of in uh in Ed and Holling's storyline about that sort of atonement. Um I love that about I you know when I first started rewatching this episode, I was uh bummed out that we didn't get to see Holling's daughter, you know, come back cuz she doesn't oh. end up showing up. But I yeah. almost love that it's all more about Holling's um, guilt. You know, he's got he's got this sense of guilt, and so we get to really dig into that with Holling. Uh, you know, John Colum's actor, and I love that Ed is there mm-hmm. to help him out. And just the suggestion of being a scapegoat is so silly. But if you're watching Northern Exposure and you're a fan, if you're watching this episode, you totally buy it. Like it makes yeah. sense, and it's the totally the right thing to do. Uh, sorry, Charles, you wanted to hop in? Uh, yeah, I was going to say that, like, there is, now that I'm thinking about it aloud, uh, along with y'all giving your thoughts about it and trying to bolster what we just saw in the episode, mm-hmm. I named previously that I thought that tradition was the name of the game today, in mm-hmm. today's episode. Maurice in Oklahoma, Joel and Yom Kippur, Hauling and Abandoned Fathers, and the Fox Hunt, which is like the bow that ties it all together, because Fox Hunt's traditional strength is tradition. Like, that's the reason why they carried out so long in Britain. But now that I'm thinking about it again, I think there's, like, this mixture of trying to keep the tradition, but then moving it forward. And what I mean by this is that Joel has this Yom Kippur, this uh, Jewish heritage to him, Mm -hmm. but he relives it through a Christmas carol Mm -hmm. right there. Mm -hmm. And then we see that the scapegoat that Ed uses it's not a goat. It's a fox that he uses, but he still takes like the bones mm-hmm. of what it used to be and tries to apply it in a more fitting nature of what it is in today's relevant times, or at least what mm-hmm. it is relevant in the town of Sicily right here. And that really goes with Maurice as well, because he's trying to get himself removed from those Oklahoma roots that he had mm-hmm. when he's trying to woo Lady Anne. But that's the part of him that she likes. She doesn't, right. you know, she doesn't need uh, anything new with there. So I think that like rethinking it out aloud, I think that actually does make the episode much more better because full disclosure, at least for me, and this is just personal how I felt. I don't know how Leah felt about it. This episode was not one of my strongest ones that I had ranked personally for me, mm-hmm. but this happens all the time. Whenever I talk about episodes with other individuals, especially other individuals that really like the episode, I usually almost always change my mind because they always present an argument in which I never saw mm-hmm. or something in which I didn't realize. They were just presenting a whole new perspective and I can be like, oh, wait, hang on. No, they're right. Like this this episode can be better. Like it is better. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. <laughs> I, I was only seeing it from my view. <laughs> I mean, that's I guess that's also part of the what's so great about a community of fans uh, and I mean – 
Charles, we get like to microdose this on a small level because it's you and me talking together on a podcast, sharing our thoughts. But, you know, when you talk about it with other fans of the show, uh, even if it's something that you weren't really a, like a huge fan, like an episode that you didn't really like before, um, it just only it's just only becomes better. Like your enjoyment is more enriched by others seeing things through what they're what they're taking from it. And it can, what's great about these episodes is it can mean a lot to to a lot of different people. Well, now that we have you also here for season six, I'm also really curious what made dinner at seven thirty like place in your top five? Um, Because it was a moment where Joel came back and, uh, you know, he's at the end Mm -hmm. of the the New York dream and, and, or alternate universe. And he says, no, no, I don't want this. Mm -hmm. And he returns to Sicily. And, and it was just, that was sort of the moment of this. Like he's a Sicilian. He, you know, he's, he's changed so much. And, and, um, and and you'll see more of that as you go into um, season six, the good parts, um, you know, later <laughs> until he leaves. But it just it was um, and it was that. And then uh, talking about music earlier, that had to be one of the most perfect songs was yes. uh, it had uh, Talking Heads. Um, I believe it's called Naive Melody. Um, you know, right. home is home is where I want to be. And, and that mm-hmm. his home was Sicily now. And I was just I, I don't know. It was something about that. I. I mean, I love the whole alternate universe. Uh, it was, you know, funny who, who, how they were related to him and, um, and, and who they became in the New York life. But it just, yeah, it was just that, that, that point when he got to, he said, no, no, I don't want this. And, and boom, and he was back in Sicily. And I just, that was, that was a, a pure moment to me, which yeah. is Northern Exposure has a lot of those, but that was one of those like, yep, no, that, that uh, that's going on the list. <laughs> yeah yeah that ending is so simple and beautiful and that music like really elevates it so much it's so good yeah and um we talked about this on our episode charles but we had like we were just talking about how it's a it's a really good opening for a season but we also had a crazy theory of like what if this was the season finale? Like that would be a pretty cool oh, ending yeah. too. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. My, it would have been better than the actual season finale, <laughs> but you haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking on that, because we, we've been yeah. talking about like, okay, well, we know that, you know, the wheels are about to come off the wagon right here. Yes. How you've seen this multiple times mm-hmm. in your life, Northern Exposure. I, and I'm honestly just curious, like what is your opinion of David Chase coming in, just changing what Joshua mm. Rand and John Fauzia created. Well, um, you you probably know a little bit about the lawsuit that happened. Maybe, maybe not. Oh, tell um, yeah. Th- okay, so there was a lawsuit. Uh, a gentleman named Sandy Veith um, sued, you know, right? I guess Universal um, because it was too close to a, a show that he had presented to. Um, I did. Sort to of, I think the studio. Yeah. And again, I don't have all of the like facts mm-hmm. and figures in front of me, but at the, the it, he won, and at the time it was the largest um, settlement oh, of its wow. sort. So Northern Exposure, the show, was really no longer making any money, and so David Chase uh, essentially was hired to um, end it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, read Darren Burroughs' books either. He also talks mm-hmm. in great detail about this um, in the book that he did. But essentially, that was why he came in. And so 
what started off as kind of fun and quirky and um, this town of Sicily, it, it, it jumped the shark, <laughs> as you <Yeah>. could say, <laughs> quickly into, into season six. And then um, uh, it kind of went downhill from there. And it was a huge disappointment to, uh, you know, all of the fans because we knew what it could be and what it had been. And it was sort of like a, not a very dignified ending. So, so I, you know, I'd never watched the Sopranos and I'm not sure if it's just cause I, I had right. a grudge at that point. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I've really seen other things, um, but you know, he was quoted as, as you know, not liking Northern exposure at all. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to hear because it was such a, it was such a great show. It was unfortunate that, you know, that the lawsuit happened um, to no no fault of the creators. It just happened mm-hmm. to be stuff in Universal and the studio that, you know, that was too close. And it just over yeah. time, you know, and and I'm not saying it, that, you know, lawsuits shouldn't have happened, but it was unfortunate. And I, I think that was just, um, it was just, it, yeah. it, it was almost like the magic was too good and, and something had to happen. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I thought I had heard something about a lawsuit, but I never... I never read into that. And mm-hmm. that is insane. I'm just like Googling Northern Exposure lawsuit. If you're listening yes. along, I'll, I'll link it or something, but there's like AP news articles, uh, you know, about this, about this that I can link, but I'm definitely going to read more into it. But yeah, that is, that is, like you said, so unfortunate when it's just something that it's like, there's enough there that, that are similar that you can't, you can't like honestly make everyone happy or like deny or approve. It's like, this is just yes. like too close here. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's wild. I, I feel like that's such a, almost like a corporate decision in my opinion to mm. kind of appoint David Chase in this. Cause you're saying that he's quoted and I, I knew this beforehand that he's quoted as saying like, I dislike the show that I am running. Mm-hmm. And if he's hired to euthanize this, then like, I guess it's like kind of fitting that he would not like it. So like he has no like greater attachment toward Towards the show, but then the other, uh, the obvious other side of the equation is like, well, think of the fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think of the people that worked on the show. Think of like the oh, hundreds yeah. of behind the scenes crew. That's their livelihood right there. And yeah. then think of the actors that poured their soul into it. And that's just an insult toward it. But it's like from whoever is at the top mm-hmm. who's making the decision to say like, hey, I need this to end because now it's costing us nothing. It's not generating anything. Right. Mm-hmm. I need it to end in an undignified manner. I don't care. I just want it off the air. <laughs> and we're going to get somebody that also like just wants, shares our values. Yeah. yeah. I think that's such a dichotomy right here. That's like, uh, I mean, it's just wild to me to hear about that. And I, I don't know. Like I kind of kind of I'm with you being like I don't know mm-hmm. if I want to watch the Sopranos <laughs> <laughs> yeah I well, haven't seen the Sopranos either but yeah there and 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 don't get me wrong there are there are some some bright spots out of it it's just um mm-hmm. you know it just it you will tell too after watching it for the last um several seasons you will you know go through and go oh this is a different side of of this character I've never seen before or why did they bring this up all of a sudden? We haven't seen this ever before, you know, and it's, it's, there's just, there's a lot of that stuff. Yeah. I'm excited to see, uh, what happens in the podcast, Charles, and what, what, uh, yes. what your, what your, cause I, you know, I have, I, I know what happens already, but also <laughs> I was mentioning this is, I think I've only seen this season six once before. Like I never really returned to watch it. So it mm-hmm. is kind of interesting to be rewatching it, um, knowing where it's heading and, Charles, uh, you 
are getting it fresh. So I'm really excited to see uh, your reaction to all this. But uh, yeah, maybe we can kind of like turn it to something a little more positive as we close out here. Um, I, I love just thinking about the the idea of this fan community watching Northern Exposure. And that's, you know, also partly why we wanted to in this season, you know, a season that maybe some fans might say is not not the greatest season <laughs> of Northern Exposure. But, you know, we want to hear from the people who love Northern Exposure about Northern Exposure. So we're very grateful to have you on, Geraldine. But I wanted to, uh, just before we close off, if, do you have any uh, advice for anyone listening to this podcast and maybe is just getting into Northern Exposure, like what are some great ways to reach out to the community? Obviously your website has a lot of uh, links there, but um, I don't know. Yeah. You, you, you've obviously been, you know, fostering relationships, you know, for a long time through this show, but yeah. Do you have any tips on fan communities online for Northern Exposure? Um, well, you know, I belong to a couple on Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. Probably one of the most um, active ones is called um, Club NX. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of discussion in there. And there's a, you know, a few others up there. Uh, there's a K-Bear. Actually, there's a K-Bear 570.net. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they play uh, radio. Um Music, some right. from the mm-hmm. show and some inspired by, but they also do uh, episodes on Sundays and sometimes right. they do like the watch week. parties. Yes, yes, nice. And so that's a great community. Um, when mm. they actually they have live DJs once in a while who do shows based on sort of like a Chris in the morning type thing, yeah. and there'll be a chat group kind of going while we're listening to the music and and um you know so that's been a really great thing. And yeah, we talk about the show, but we also talk about we've just gotten to know each other so much um but yeah so Mm -hmm. i I think probably the most active one that i see these days is the facebook one that i do for sure yeah Um, is that that club at nx and and um and yeah and there's a k-bear south Mm -hmm. um which is another group uh he's based out of texas so that's why he's south um actually he's an amazing person you might want to chat with at one point he has built himself a k-bear studio oh my gosh and he has um a person from the show actually lives with him. So, oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, yeah. no, uh, I've seen <laughs> I, I've seen K Bear South. I think I've been mm-hmm. uh, on that group, but I, I don't know too much about the creator or the or the uh, members. Um, but yeah, I've definitely enjoyed that group. And yeah, I'll just agree. Like, I, I find that Facebook has a lot of great. Yes. Uh, groups online, and we we are also part of Club NX, and oh, that's right. I I think we've I think we've talked about this on the podcast, Charles, but it's I'm just kind of always amazed that as you're saying, Geraldine, like it's very active. I think every day there's always someone posting, and it's really interesting stuff, and it's kind of like blast from the past mixed with like people who are watching it for the first time and just noticing things. Uh, something someone who's watched it millions of times and noticing something, and. Uh, it's a yeah, it's a, that's a great community, and it's an international community. I, you know, there's there's people from Poland, Turkey, and and of course other people who've come in the past. So it's if mm-hmm. you're still finding people from around the world who are just now discovering it or mm-hmm. have been watching it for a long time, also. So it's it, yeah, it's a great community. Yeah, I, I think that it's one of those things where when you take an experiment or you you take a leap of faith and try to be very original with your show, that has lasting power. Mm-hmm. throughout it. So if Northern Exposure, I played it a little bit more safe 
a little bit more closer and not towards risk with all of the just all of the craziness that happens within <laughs> it on all the plot lines and all the flashbacks and all the vignettes and everything that are within it right there. It just wouldn't have the staying power that it does almost 30 years later. Mm-hmm. Maybe it just wouldn't. It would just fade away. Yet this show that has absolutely has never been on streaming services. <laughs> like that's usually the first. Yeah. Uh, that's the first indication in which your show is not going to survive. It doesn't even have that. Yet it's still popping like you're saying like it's yeah. still on facebook <laughs> doing very well it's gathering international people toward there and i think that's like really the more i think about it the more i think like that is the number one thing i would write home about if i was northern exposure that mm-hmm. is such an accomplishment <laughs> for sure exactly well Geraldine, thank you so much for joining us once again if you're listening and you still haven't seen moosechick.com please go check it out and i mean obviously it's been a great resource for us and i'm sure many others and I was just thinking of something. It's not very, it's not very Yom Kippur centric, but uh, for the for the Passover for the holiday of Passover, one of the things we say at the very end of the Seder is next year in Jerusalem. And of course, you know, it doesn't mean we're actually going to be in Jerusalem next year, but it's like, you know, one day we'll all be together united as a Jewish people. I think they may have probably even because I know they do a Passover Seder in, in an episode of a Northern Exposure, so they may mm-hmm. relate to this, or we've talked about that on the podcast before. But Charles, I'm saying next year in Sicily, one someday <laughs> we're going to be there with you, uh, Geraldine. We're going to go to this uh, a, a Moose Fest gathering. All right. Last weekend, last full weekend of July is usually when we're there. So boom, put it on your calendar. Thank you so much, Geraldine. We'll have to get you back sometime. Yes, thank you. All right, Charles, next week is season six, episode four, The Letter. Northern Overexposure Podcast is edited by me. Our theme music was remixed by Matt Jackson. Thanks to B-Ball Y'all for the podcast artwork. And thanks to Moose Chick for being our guest. If you'd like to write in, you can reach us at northernoverexposurepodcast at gmail.com, at northernoverpod on Twitter. And if you like the show, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash northernoverexposurepodcast. And of course, thank you for listening.